Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. worship team. They represented you well with excellence this week uh, during fall camp meeting and uh, they just did a phenomenal job of leading people into the presence of God and we are blessed week after week. I don't think you understand how blessed we really are. Uh, I give you permission to skip one week and you will go find out just how blessed we really are. That our folks just have a real heart for God and lead us into the presence of the Lord every week, week after week. And we appreciate that so much. And so I just want to brag on them and tell them thank you so much for what you've done. We started a, a series last week called Old School. Old School gives me this ability to reach back into our history. We're not that old. We're only six years old. Uh, we reach back into our history and try to remember some of the words that God has given us. I told you that it is very evident that you cannot live your life effectively looking backwards. You cannot continue to look over your shoulder and, and fulfill all that God has for you. You have to have a forward perspective to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. However... There are moments in every person's life when you need to go old school just every once in a while and take a glimpse backwards and see where God has brought you from. How many of you know that you're not where God wants you, but you're not where you used to be either, amen? We're in a journey. And so we look back and we see that God has done so much in our lives and we're thankful for that. That's why we're in this series. I want to remind you that in two weeks you're supposed to come dressed old school. I hope those of you that have been wearing your bell bottoms at home so nobody would know would dust those things off and wear them out in public and come to church on November the 10th and we're going to take pictures together and it's going to be a fun day it's just to remind us that there are things in our past that God has said and that he's done that we need to remember and so last week I talked to you out of a series that I did in 2011 called reverse and we talked about that God can turn things around I'm thankful that God can turn things around anybody been spinning this week I, I just had to get up in my own living room this week and spin one time as I heard some reports just this week alone God has turned some things around in some of our people's life we had a financial miracle we'll tell you about later in the life of one of our couples where God just did a miraculous turnaround we had a turnaround at work this week for one of our folks we had a turnaround physically for one of our folks this week God has the ability to turn things around amen anybody have a testimony this morning yeah God I, I, I almost got y'all up made you turn around again God does some great things well this morning what I want to do is I want to reach way back way back in fact I'm going to go back to a, a message that I delivered before we were even a church uh, in 2007 in uh, June and July and August we had what we called preview services preview services took place on a Sunday night so that people could come and kind of see, get a taste of what passion was going to be like when we got started. And in June of 2007, I shared the message that I'm going to share with you this morning. The reason I shared this message is because prior to planning passion, I had the privilege and the honor of traveling this great nation back and forth, crisscrossing, ministering to young people, thousands of young people at youth camps and retreats and conferences. And I would witness in them a certain trait that I thought was kind of 
rough and needed to be addressed. And I began to ponder on that. And now six years later as I examine our congregation, God's been so faithful to grow us and to gather people. And we're so delighted that you're part of the body. But what I see now is that the same pattern that I saw in the lives of those young people, I now see in many of us. What I witnessed is, is, is this, is that as we gather and we sit in powerful worship services and uh, hopefully you're hearing powerful messages and preaching and you're pursuing personal times with God and you're even in this moment in your life where you're longing for life transformation. Even with all of that being true for those young people and for many of us, we continue to circle the same issues in life. Uh, it seems to me that we come back to the same issues of bondage and the same issues of brokenness year after year and often for many of us decade after decade we, we get set free and we break free for moments in our life but lo and behold before too long if we're not careful we circle back and the same things you were dealing with before they, they seem to be gone for a season and then out of nowhere they come back into your life and you struggle with them again we cycle. We find ourselves seeing the same scenery. We find ourselves facing the same history. We find ourselves struggling against the same shortcomings and our issues circle around. And my greatest desire for you, the reason that we're reaching back and grabbing this word is because my greatest desire for you is to break the cycle of circling in your life and line out and achieve and accomplish and become everything that God wants you to be. But to do that, you have to break this bondage, this cycle of circling. See, the truth is, is what we need to do is we need to go back and we need to visit the account of the first circlers. Uh, that would also be, they would be known as the children of Israel. The children of Israel circled. They had this cycle of circling in their life and, and we can examine what caused them to circle and it speaks to us and we can find freedom. See, it's not enough for me to stand up here week after week, month after month, year after year, and one of these days, decade after decade, and declare over you that God has promised us that you can be free. It's not enough for me to stand up here and declare over you that you are people of destiny and people of promise and that God has great things for your life if you're going to continue to circle back to bondage. See, the truth this morning is that it is easier to obtain than it is to maintain. It is easier to, up main to, uh, to, to obtain freedom than to maintain freedom. If you don't know that to be true, then, then you won't understand why it is possible for you to come in here week after week after week and on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night experience freedom, but on Monday find yourself back in bondage, back into the same circumstances, back into the same issues. It's not enough for me to say to you, you can be free if all you know how to do is obtain freedom, but you don't know how to maintain freedom then we've got problems see some of you don't understand the difference but how many of you know that it is easier to obtain than maintain if you don't know that to be true then you've never purchased a car because it's easier to get a car than it is to keep one running 
If you don't know that it's easier to obtain than it is to maintain, then you've never purchased a house. Because how many of you know it's easier to get a house than it is to get out there in a hundred degree weather and maintain that front yard? Amen. It is difficult to maintain. If you don't know that to be true, that it is easier to obtain than maintain, then you've never dated. Or you've never gotten married. Because it's much easier to find a spouse. Well, I ain't even going to go there. That's a whole different series. See, 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 if you don't know that, then you will struggle. So it is essential for us to start talking about how do we not just become free? How do we stay free? I don't want to see you get free on a Sunday and then be back in bondage by Wednesday. We want to see you break the cycle of circling in your life and so that you can line out and possess everything God has for you. Anybody want that in your own life? Yeah, that's what I want in my life. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 6, and we're going to talk about these first circlers and see if we can't discover some things about them. Listen to Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. It says this, Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will be, bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. In other words, you're in, a, you're in bondage, but I will bring you out of bondage. Then he goes on and he says, I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will make you to me for a people. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to um, the land, or to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as an inheritance or a heritage. And I am the Lord. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, listen to this, but they hearkened not unto Moses. For anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. What does that mean? Let me read that little portion out of the Message Bible. Verse 9. But when Moses delivered this message, what message? You're born to be free. You're born to live in the promised land. You're born to obtain and maintain. When Moses delivers that message, listen to what it says. When Moses delivered this message to the Israelites, they didn't even hear him. They were that beaten down in spirit by the harsh slave conditions. I need to stop there long enough and say that I can tell you week after week that you're born to be free, but many of you are so discouraged and so disillusioned and so beat up in your spirit by the slave conditions which you are living in that you, you, you've been living in them for so long and enduring them for so long that you hear the promises of freedom and victory, but you can't even believe it for yourself. In fact, some of you are sitting here right now and you will sit next to people that are in bondage, and you will watch them get free. And you will hear the testimonies of deliverance, and you will hear the testimonies of freedom, and you will hear the testimonies of victory, and yet I, you'll sit right next to them and watch them become free. But you cannot believe the same for yourself because of the cruel bondage you find yourself in. And so this morning, I want to help you break that cycle. So here's some things you need to know. The first thing you need to know is, is, is that the Israelites were not in bondage to the Egyptians. What? 
You just read to us out of Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 9, that says God intervenes and says, uh, I'll, I'll remove you out of the bondage of the Egyptians. But you're telling me that the children of Israel were not in bondage to the, to the Egyptians. That's what you're telling me, Steve? I think you got that wrong. That's what I'm telling you. I am telling you that the Israelites were not in bondage to the Egyptians, but they were in fact slaves in their mind. You got that wrong, Pastor. The Egyptians were their task. You're right. They were their taskmasters. But the children of Israel were not in bondage to the Egyptians. The children of Israel were bond, in bondage in their minds. I think I can, pro I can prove that to you. Because, here's how I can prove that to you. Because after four, hundreds of years of being in bondage or under the, 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 the harsh hand of the Egyptians, God hears the cry of his people and he steps in and delivers them and sends Moses. And Moses says, we're getting out of here. And they get out of there and they walk into a wilderness experience that's supposed to last for 11 days. And it lasts for 40 years. And they circle in a wilderness, although they're free. And the reason they circle in the wilderness for 40 years is not because the Egyptians were lording over them. These folks were free, and yet they still circled because they were in bondage in their mind, in the way that they thought. They still thought like slaves. Y'all are missing me this morning. See, they were in bondage because they had slave mentality. They were armed for battle. They were dressed for battle. They were mobilized for takeover. And instead of going into the promised land, instead they walk in circles for 40 long years because they couldn't change how they thought. Anybody got one of those um, buried dog fences in your front yard? You know, you got tired of looking at the chain link fence in front of your front yard, but you knew your dog would run away if you didn't have a fence. So you go out and get one of those shock collars that you put on them, and it's got the little sensor, and then you bury the little cable in your yard. And every time your dog runs, the first few weeks he runs past it, and it shocks him, and he, ah! and he gets back in the yard. And lo and behold, about, about two weeks in, all of a sudden you can stand out five feet from outside that fence, and he won't cross it to save his life. You could dig the cable up, and he would Why? Because he's a slave in his mind. Okay. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you don't change the way that you think, if you don't experience freedom in your mind, what will happen is that you will come to church week after week and you will experience moments of freedom on Sunday, but then you'll go right back into bondage on Monday because until you change your mind, nothing in your life changes. So you've got to change the way you think. See, freedom comes not from a changed environment. Some of you just say, if I could get into a different marriage, if I could get into a different house, if I could get into a different job, if I could get into a different school, then my life would be entirely and completely different. But I just came to tell you, that's geography. And if you've got slave mentality in your mind, you will carry that slave mentality into your new marriage, and you will carry that slave mentality into your new job, and you'll carry that slave mentality into your new house, because if you don't change how you think, you've changed nothing but geography. See, freedom takes place in our life when we get a new revelation or perspective about our environment. If in our mind, our freedom is dependent upon something changing in our circumstance and something changing in our environment, then we will remain bound. Because it's not until you realize that you can be free in any environment. 
if you see things from God's perspective. If you could ever get the perspective that God is for me and greater is he that is in me than in he that is in the world. If you could ever get the grip of, of that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If you could ever get a perspective like that, then you can be sick and still be free. You can, still, you can be broken and still be free. You can be destroyed in your circumstances but still be free. That's why Paul was able to sit in a jail cell and sing and praise God and say I'm a free man because he recognized that his environment had nothing to do with his freedom. Listen, just because you have a great encounter with God this morning does not mean that your environment is going to change when you get home. I'm helping you right now. Some of you don't even know I'm helping you. See, some of you are thinking everything's got to change. Listen, I, I, got, I know this isn't going to go over big, but may I just tell you this morning that some of you are going to continue to battle your environment the rest of your life. The things that you're facing right now, some of you may battle them, the same issue, the same struggle, the same brokenness for the rest of your life. And God may choose to never change that. But if he can ever change your mind so that you get the right perspective, then in the same environment you were born into, the same environment you've been raised in, the same environment that you find yourself facing week after week, you can find yourself free. If you're not a slave in your mind. So if they were slaves in their mind, how did they get free? Well, you've got to discover why they circled. In order for us to figure out how we break this cycle, then we've got to figure out what caused them to circle because I would submit to you that it's a pretty good indication that what caused them to circle probably still causes us to circle. How many of you know the devil, he's an old dog and he doesn't have very many new tricks. He still uses the same tricks over and over and over again. And so we discover if we can figure out what caused them to circle, it might give us an indication of what's causing us to circle. And fortunately, just so happens, just happens to be in there, Paul does us a huge favor, and he literally lists for us the five reasons the children of Israel circled like they did. They're not fun. But I bring them to your attention because what I would submit to you is that these same five issues that caused the children of Israel to circle for so many years are the same five things the enemy still uses against us today. Are you ready? He reveals them in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to tell you that they spent day after dizzying day plotting in circles because of these five things. Here you go. Number one, Paul says that the children of Israel circled because they lusted after evil things. Whew. I figured that'd go over huge. What's he, what, what's he saying? He's saying that the children of Israel, who were born to be free, find themselves circling in the wilderness for 40 long years because they lusted after evil things. And what I would say to you today is that it is the passion, the drive in our lives for evil things that cause us to continue to circle. You say, well, what are evil things, Steve? Well, what consumes you? How many of you know that good things can become evil things if they consume you and they obsess you to the place that you can no longer pursue God because you're pursuing them? 
What is it that, that so captures your mind and so overwhelms you and so overcomes you that you begin to pursue it with everything in you, cars, houses, friendships, relationships? What is it that you, you lust after? You're driven. The passion of my life is after this thing, and it's a, it could even be a good thing, but it becomes an evil thing because I long for it so much. I'm, see, we always want to say that when you use the word lust, we think it's sexual things, and it can be, but how many of you know it? There is that element of drivenness in your own spirit that you can be driven after other things. And Paul says it circled them. The second thing he says is that not only did they lust after evil things, he said the second thing that caused them to circle year after year was they had idols. We, we've talked about idols. I've told you that an idol is anything that comes between you and God, anything that, that, that you trust more than Him. Uh, what is it in your life? What, what is the thing in your life that it, you are so, you, you, you in fact worship it? You know how we know what the idols of our life are? Let me help you. When you fight, when somebody asks you to give them up, the thing in your life that you resist, when God says get rid of that and you refuse to get rid of that, that in that moment has become an idol for you. And if you have idols in your life, you will circle because your ability to line out, to walk into everything that God has for you may very well be tied up in your willingness to give up some things that you otherwise would be unwilling to give up, like a relationship. Because we can come in here week after week and say, possess everything God has for you. And I can say up, to, say up in here, go back home, get on Facebook, delete some friends. Go back home, delete some numbers out of your cell phone. Go back home and quit spending time with. And if you refuse to do it, those people become idols in your life and they will circle you. A habit. A routine. I know it's comfortable. But it becomes a rut. And you cannot... Become all that God has for you if you're in a rut. Okay. If you didn't like the first two, you won't like the third one. They lusted after evil things. They had idols. And then Paul says the third thing they did is they were involved in sexual immorality. As long as you continue to cross boundaries... Oh, I'm preaching and it got all quiet on me. As long as you lower your viewing standards. Okay. As long as you participate in what God says is sin, you will circle right into destruction. See, I'm concerned because, because what I see is I see believers that now are participating in things that we would have never thought to participate in 30 years ago and we wonder why we're circling now and can't get the freedom and can't get the thoughts out of our head and can't live pure. Why? Because we have crossed boundaries that God put in our, in our life not to destroy us but to protect us. We'll watch... I wouldn't do those things, but I'll pay to watch them. Never mind. Never mind. Listen, can I be honest with you? Sin feels good. For a season. <laughs> For a season. But then what sin does is it will circle you right back into destruction every time. 
And if you're involved in sexual immorality in any way, shape, or form, whether it's by pornographic material on your internet, whether it's by the dating relationship that you're in, whether it's by what you watch, what you listen to, where you spend your... Then I'm going to tell you right now, you will spend your day circling. Just, just, just talking. Whew, that one flew back at me. I get it. He says they lusted after evil things. They had idols. They were involved in sexual immorality. Then he says the fourth thing that circled them was this. They tested and they tempted the Lord. The same is true today. Let, let, let me just share with you how I think we tempt God. I think we tempt and test God because what we do is we come in here week after week and we encounter God and we experience God and we sense God and God begins to speak whether during the worship time or whether the worship leader or whether it's the pastor or whoever it is stands up and says things and gives instructions right out of the word of God and we encounter God and we experience God but we refuse to do what God tells us to do. And in that moment, we're testing God and we're tempting God. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says when a man knows to do right and doesn't do it, it becomes sin. And so what happens is we come into environments like this. And God begins to speak and give us instructions, specific instructions out of his word for our life. And at the moment that we make up our minds that we're going to walk right out of here and go against what he said that we could or could not do. At that moment, we test God and we tempt God and we find ourselves repeating cycles of circling. I'm trying to help you this morning. The fifth one is simply this. They lusted after evil things. They had idols. They were involved in sexual immorality. They tested and tempted God. Paul says the last one was this. He said, they murmured and they complained. In other words, Paul said the reason the children of Israel stayed in the wilderness circling for 40 years is they were a bunch of whiners. Just whiners. They whined about everything. Oh, I can tell this one ain't going to go over good. <laughs> May I submit to you that we are the whiniest generation that ever lived. We whine about stinking everything. If the carpet isn't the right color, we whine. If it's too cold, we whine. If it's too hot, we whine. If it's too loud, we whine. If it's not the style we like, we whine. If they didn't sing my favorite song this morning, we whine. We whine about everything. If it's too long, we whine. If it's too short, we whine. If it... And not only do we complain about it, we complain to others about it. And not only will we miss, we'll try to talk other people into missing too because we don't like it, so we begin to murmur and complain. We didn't want manna, God. We wanted Big Macs, and you gave us manna instead. And we're tired of eating manna. And oh, by the way, we're sick of quail too. Can't you send a dove every once in a while or some fried chicken? But instead, you want to send stinking quail. And so we're not happy with you, God. We complain when we, do, we don't get any attention. And then we complain when we do. And we complain when you don't confront me with my sin. And then when somebody confronts me about my sin and, and gives me a, a, a dose of discipline, then we complain that you're dealing with my sin. 
let me ask you a question. I, I've got two children of my own, so I already know the answer. But, 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 but how many of you love it when your kids whine? Like you tell your kid, go to your bedroom and clean your bedroom up. And they go, oh, mom, I want to play my video games. Mom, I don't want you. I don't want you. I, you put the meal. I don't like what you fixed for dinner. on you. Now I can't get it button back. I must be getting fat. I don't know what's going on. I hate it when my kids whine. Anybody else? Okay, only me? Like when your friends whine? No. Okay, then my question is, is if we don't like it when our kids whine, why would we think that God, who allowed the children of Israel to circle for 40 years, wouldn't become fed up with our whining and our complaining? Just talking. Just talking. This was why they circled. These things cause them to repeat and cycle. And I think that it is time for many of us to stop and take a serious evaluation of our own life and find out why are we still circling? Why are you facing what you're facing? Why do you continue to come back to the same thing year after year? Why is that same bondage surfacing in your life over and over and over again? Could it be that you have failed in one of these five areas and what caused them to circle is now causing you to circle? These issues rounded them out. These issues determined their course. These issues forced them to march on their daily route to nowhere. I'm concerned for some of you because even though you've been trying to walk with God for 20 years, you're going nowhere because you continue to circle right back to what you failed to address in your life. And so if the things that caused them to circle cause us to circle, then maybe, just maybe, the things that broke the cycle of circling in their life would break that cycle in our lives too. So if we visit the children of Israel and say, we see in your lives what circles us and what causes us to, to, to be bound, then maybe we ought to look back and go old school for just a minute and review what broke that cycle in their life in hopes that it might just break that cycle in our lives too. Join me, if you will, in Joshua chapter 3. And see if we can't discover what caused their cycling to break. Joshua chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. It says early in the morning. Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan. Where they camped before crossing over. They're getting ready to break the cycle of circling, circling and move into the promised land. And after three days the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it. You are to move from out of your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. Here it is. Since you've never been this way before. That's a key phrase. Then he says, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So they, they are leaving the circling behind. Now I want you to listen to what happens. Because in, verse, in chapter 3, Joshua is setting the, the, the backdrop, if you will. And he's preparing them to cross over. And he says, you've never been this way before. Then in Joshua chapter 5, he gives specific instructions on what they have to do to be able to move out of obtaining to maintaining. Join me in Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. So it was that when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan 
and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that, that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted, and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself, and he circumcised the sons of Israel at the heel of foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way. And after they'd come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord had sworn that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to the fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons who he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Woo. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the approach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. The children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on that day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Cana that year. And it came to pass that when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Another version says, What is the, Lord, what is the word of the Lord to me? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And so Joshua did so. So, here are the children of Israel, after circling for 40 years because of the five things that I've mentioned to you that Paul lists for us, and now all of a sudden they are positioned and ready and prepared to pass over into the promised land. And Joshua did four things. Four things took place that if we would do just quickly, I just want to mention these four things to you. Regardless of what has been circling you, regardless of the issue of your life, regardless of what has kept you in bondage all these years, if you would do these four things, you would find yourselves free. You ready? The first one is very simple. He says, go where I take you because you've never gone this way before. In other words, what Joshua is saying is you got to do something new if you want to be free. 
You have to do something that you've never done. If you want to stop falling into the, some, the same areas and you want to quit struggling with the same issues, then you are going to have to do something that you've never done. Your listening habits may have to change. Your friendships may have to adjust. Your, your, where you spend your time may have to look different than it did yesterday in order for you to stay free tomorrow. You've got to do some new things. If you do what you've always done, you get what you've always gotten. Right? And yet, we tend to not want to try anything new. So, 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 so let me see. See, circling is broken by new, doing something new. So, so if your relationships continue to fail, maybe you ought to quit trying to find relationships in the club. Maybe you ought to try to find one in the house of God. Just, just talking. If your thought life is consumed by things that you don't want it consumed by, maybe you ought to just turn the channel on Friday night or better yet, determine not to even watch what you've been watching on Friday night and do something different. Just talking. Maybe you're struggling. You seem to cycle back to the circling in your finances over and over and again, and you've been trying for decades to live on 100%. Maybe you ought to try something new and live on 90% instead and see what God does. See, most of us don't ever encounter any freedom in our life because we won't try anything new. So we'll say things like this, well, I'm, I, I'm too busy to get involved in a small group, and I'm too busy to read the Bible on my own, and, and I'm just too busy to serve, and, 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 I, and I'm kind of comfortable. I, I don't really want to get involved. And, 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 and we circle, and we circle. And what God said to Joshua is, you've never been this way before, so if you want to go somewhere you've never been before, you've got to do something different. Just trying to help you see. See, refusal to take new steps will keep you circling. We start in the march to freedom when we are willing to walk a new way. I hope this is helping somebody. Because some of you have been in bondage so long you don't see any way out. And I'm telling you, the very first step is to do something you've never done before. The second thing he says is this. Uh, they cross over the Jordan. They're, they're positioned right there on the border of the promised land. And they're about to take over. And the Bible says that God gives instructions to Joshua. It, I mean, it's pretty obvious because it says it over and over again. He says, you're going to have to circumcise the, these men because the, all the old men have passed away in the wilderness. All these men are uncircumcised. So, in other words, what Joshua is trying to teach us and what God is saying is that possession requires purity. If you want to obtain freedom in here and maintain freedom out there, then you are going to have to have purity in your life. See, here's the truth. You aren't called to visit freedom. You are called to possess freedom. And the only way to possess freedom is to be pure. See, Joshua understood that you can't possess freedom if you're not pure. I've taught you in the past that purity is the prerequisite to power. You will never have the ability to stay, in free, stay free because you will not have the power necessary to operate in freedom if you don't operate in purity. You may taste freedom for a season, but if you don't deal with the purity issues of your life, you will fall back into bondage every time. Possession requires purity. 
In fact, I want to say this to you this morning. It isn't a dance that keeps you pure. It isn't a praise that keeps you free. It isn't a song that keeps you free. What keeps you free is your level of purity. In fact, your level of purity determines your level of possession. Why? Because sin still. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care that they can work everything out so that the, the worst scoundrel in the world, in about an hour later, he's sitting on top of the world and everything's hunky-dory and it's all all right. I understand that's what Hollywood says. But let me just remind you that sin still carries the same price tag today that it always has. And it doesn't matter how much you dance and shout and swing from the lights and run pewbacks. If you don't have purity in your life, the sin in your life will produce the same result every time. And the price of sin has been and always will be death. So what that means is, is if you don't deal with purity and you keep messing around in sin, ultimately you'll circle right back to destruction. So Joshua says, you know what? we got to cut some things off. Our problem is, is that we want possession without the pain of cutting. And so we refuse to give up anything. God just set me free, but I won't give up anything. Okay, this is going over huge. It's just like bouncing back at me because what I hope is happening is the Holy Spirit is identifying things in your life that he has commanded you to get rid of. I know they're cute in their jeans, but he said get rid of them. I know he said, I, I know you think it tastes good, but he said get rid of it. I know you like going there and it's part of your routine, but he said to get rid of it. So what God is saying is if you're not willing to cut some things off, then I cannot bring you into possession of freedom because you will circle right back out. Okay, you don't have to believe me. I'm just, I'm trying to help you. This is what broke the cycle of circling in the children of Israel's life. It will break the cycle in us as well. The third thing he says is that once he circumcised them, they remained in their place until they were healed. See, some of, I, I just need to tell some of you, God wants to put you in your place. God designs a place, he has designed a place for you where, where if you will stay in that place long enough, he can heal you. See, too many of us never line out because we're always hopping from relationship to relationship, friendship to friendship, church to church, group to group, always looking for the next thing, always looking for the cool thing, always looking for the hot thing, never understanding that God has designed a place for you that if you would stay in your place long enough, you would find healing, and until you you find healing, you cannot possess freedom. Steve, you saying that I can't ever visit another church? No. Give me a break. Just quit treating church like a buffet. Because we quote this. God orders the steps of righteous men and women. God apparently brought you here, maybe not forever, but for at least a season. He's designed this place for you. And if we're not careful, what we will do is we will hop out of here about the moment that God was ready to intervene in our life and produce healing. And we, we operate and we move from surface level to surface level. How do we know this happens? Because we'll stay in a place long enough until somebody starts getting close to us and ask, being used by God to ask questions that cause us and force us to deal with the issues of our life. And as soon as they ask the questions, we bail and we run for our life and we try to run back to surface and we never get healed. So we always circle. 
man, I'm trying, man, I'm helping somebody right now. Maybe I'm just helping me. I'm just telling that some of you, if you would just stay here long enough and get into relationship deep enough to where people can look at you in the eye and say, how are you and your wife doing? How are you doing with that computer issue in your life? How are you doing with that addiction in your life? How are you handling your money? What's going on in your life? How's that failure in your life? When we become comfortable with one another to share our flaws, then we know we've been in the place long enough that God can heal us. And then finally he says, or shows us that you've got to get God's word. Joshua, after doing something new, Joshua, after purifying the people, Joshua, after allowing them to heal, asked this question, what is the word of the Lord to your servant? Joshua understood the need for a word. See, we circle and we cycle in our circles if we don't get a word from God. I just want to say to you this morning that it is not enough for me to get into my study time and to always get a word for you. You have to take responsibility and get into God's word on your own. I want to invite you to eat lunch with me today. This is how we're going to do it. This is going to be really gross, but this is how we're going to do it. I'm probably going to ruin your lunch right now. But what we're going to do, I want everyone in here that wants to to join me for steak lunch this afternoon. Here's, here, here's, the, here's the kicker, though. I'm going to order a steak, and then I'm going to chew it up real good. I ain't even going to finish because you yeah. But that is exactly what we do Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday. If you never get a word of God for yourself and depend on me or Pastor Woody to digest and then regurgitate the word to you in hopes that that word will set me on a straight path. Listen, you got to get into the presence of God long enough and say, God, what is your word for me? Your word declares that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Therefore, I don't know how to walk unless you give me the right word. Your word is what nourishes me. Your word is what sustains me. Your word is what guides me. Your word is what provides for me. And I can't wait till Sunday to get a word. Because if I wait till Sunday to get a word, then by Thursday I'm repeating the cycles I've always repeated. And I'm just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning going around the same issues because I don't have enough word. We live in a biblically, a, 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 a biblically illiterate generation. You don't even know the word unless I, I can reference verses of Scripture up here and y'all look like I'm talking in some foreign languages because you don't have a word. And so what happens is this. Make up a word. You're calendarable. What does that mean? What that means is that many of you under the sound of my voice, we can mark on the calendar every year on whatever date for you, June 28th. You do really good for seasons. And we watch you growing and we watch you maturing. And about June the 28th every year we watch you and you just start circling again. You quit showing up at church. You're depressed. Your marriage is falling apart. You're broke. 
busted and disgusted. And then we'll get you in here and pray for you. And then all of a sudden you'll line out a little bit. But, but next June, boy, you're right back in it again. You're calendarable. We can mark the cal- three months for some of you, six months for some of you, eight months for some of you. But can I tell you, the goal this morning is what we want to see you do is try something new and change your habits and change your, your the, the daily routine of your life and get into God's Word, attend faithfully, serve, try something you've never tried. We want to, we want to see you cut some things off in your life. Get rid of what God says to get rid of. We want to see you sit in this place long enough and allow people to get entwined into your life so they can ask you the hard questions at the right moments that will expose your issues. And we want you to get into God's presence for yourself and get yourself a word from God so that this coming June, what happens is you hit June 28th and you line right on out. And you stay lined out for the rest of your life. And you quit circling the same junk you've been circling. That's what we want to see happen. It's time to break the cycle of circling in your life. Father, this morning I pray that you would expose our hearts not to anyone other than us. For this moment, for this one moment, I pray that what you would do is you would begin to shine the spotlight of your Holy Spirit on our heart so that I can pinpoint, I can pinpoint for Steve what it is, what is the issue of my, what is that thing that causes me to circle back into bondage, circle back into bondage, circle back into bondage. God, let it be so spotlighted in my life that I can no longer ignore it or accept it. I pray that in Jesus' name right now that you would show us that issue. For every person under the sound of my voice right now, God, I pray that it would be like bombs going off in their own spirit and and, and the explosion of that revelation they would see for themselves. Is it they're lusting after evil things? Is it an idol? Are they crossing boundaries that you said they could not cross? Are they testing you, tempting you? Are they murmuring and complaining to the point that it's causing them to to circle back? Show them specifically what their issue is this morning. And then, Father, I pray that you would line them out by allowing them to do something new, by allowing them to have the purity necessary in their life to possess. I pray that you would allow them to heal. I pray they'd quit running from deep relationships. And I pray that you would allow us to get a word that will sustain us and keep us walking the straight path. I want you to stand with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, I am sick and tired of circling. I seem to keep coming up against the same issues year after year. For some of it, it may be week after week. And you'd say, Steve, I am 
I am exhausted. I, I, am, I have walked in circles for so long, I don't even remember what it is like to, to walk a straight path anymore. And I want to be free. I, I know the Word says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I want to see that lived out in my life. But I would say this morning that at least for right now, I am circling and I need somebody to help me break this cycle in my life I'm going to ask you to do something new maybe something you've never tried before if that's you would you just quickly step out and come and stand right here we're not going to take very long so if you're that's you you better move quick I don't want to circle anymore I want to be free I want to experience freedom in my life I need the power of the Holy Spirit to interrupt my life and set me free this morning but I want to move beyond just this morning I want to move into perpetual freedom. And I'm willing to try something new this morning. Just a moment longer. We're not going to wait long. I'm begging you, Father, set me free today. A moment longer. Now what I want you to do is if you're here this morning, and you would say, Steve, I have experienced the freedom of God. I, I've tried something new. I've found a word that sustains me. I've allowed him to purify me. I, I, I've done all those things. And I have, I have learned how to line out in my walk with him. And I'm, I'm moving towards the promises of all that God has for me. I want you to step, step out quickly and get behind one of these folks that have been so bold and brave and transparent to come down this morning. We've all been here. We've all circled before. Come on, somebody step out as a prayer partner with these folks. And we're going to pray for them. And then we're going to do something together this morning that will hopefully symbolize what God is doing in the supernatural come on get your hands on them and as they sing we're going to pray for just a moment and then we're going to do something together but we're going to believe that this morning is going to be our morning to move into freedom for, 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 for once and for all we're not going to battle these same issues in our life come on come on
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.